This episode of the OrthoBullets podcast will go over the topic of fibular deficiency, or anteromedial bowing, from the pediatric section on orthobullets.com. There are three types of tibial bowing that exists in children. Anterolateral bowing, usually secondary to neurofibromatosis, posteromedial bowing, which is physiologic, and anteromedial bowing, which is what we'll discuss in this podcast episode. Again, there are three types of tibial bowing that exist in children, anterolateral bowing from neurofibromatosis, posteromedial bowing that is physiologic, and anteromedial bowing. Fibular deficiency consists of shortening or entire absence of the fibula. This was previously known as fibular hemimalia. Fibular deficiency is the most common congenital long bone deficiency. Again, fibular deficiency is the most common congenital long bone deficiency and usually involves the entire limb. As far as the genetics of fibular deficiency or anteromedial bowing, there is no known inheritance pattern, and this is linked to the sonic hedgehog gene. Associated conditions include anteromedial tibial bowing, where the most common cause is fibular hemimalia. Associated conditions with fibular deficiency include anteromedial tibial bowing, where the most common cause is fibular hemimalia. Ankle instability, which is secondary to a ball and socket ankle. Talipes equinovalgus. Tarsal coalition, which exists in 50% of fibular deficiency cases. Absent lateral rays. Femoral abnormalities like proximal femoral focal deficiency or coxivara. Developmental dysplasia of the hip. Cruciate ligament deficiency. Genuvalgum, secondary to lateral femoral condyle hypoplasia or significant leg length discrepancy that is shortening of the femur and or the tibia. Now let's go over the classification for fibular deficiency, and the ones to know include the Ackerman and Kalamchi classification, which is based on the amount of fibula present, and the Birch classification, which is based on limb length and foot function, and keep in mind that this classification system directs treatment. The Ackerman and Kalamchi classification is divided into two types and type 1 is subdivided into two subtypes, type 1A and type 1B. Type 1A is characterized by a portion of the fibula remaining present, but the proximal fibular epiphysis is distal to the level of the proximal tibial physis, while the distal fibula is proximal to the talus. Treatment of type 1A is a heel lift if there is a leg length discrepancy of greater than 2 centimeters, contralateral epiphysiodesis, and or limb lengthening at slash near maturity. Type 1B is characterized by a partial absence of the fibula in 30-50% to 50% of cases, and the distal portion is unable to support the ankle joint. Treatment includes contralateral epiphysiodesis, limb lengthening, supramalleolar osteotomy to correct ankle valgus, corrective foot procedures to achieve a stable plantigrade foot, and proximal tibial osteotomy for genuvalgus. Finally, type 2 is characterized by a complete absence of the fibula. Treatment includes multiple Elizarov surgeries to equalize limb lengths, achieve a stable ankle, and a plantigrade foot. Other treatment options include foot ablation slash amputation. As far as the presentation of fibular deficiency or antermedial bowing, patients typically present with classic findings of a short limb, skin dimpling over the mid-anterior tibia, and an equinovalgus foot. Again, classic findings for fibular deficiency include a short limb, skin dimpling over the mid-anterior tibia, and an equinovalgus foot. Other findings may include often missing lateral toes and genuvalgum. As far as imaging, radiographs may reveal that the fibula is either absent or shortened, tibial spines are underdeveloped, the intercondylar notch is shallow, and there may be a ball and socket ankle joint secondary to tarsal coalitions. 
The treatment of fibular deficiency can be non-operative or operative. The goals of treatment is determined by the stability and level of foot and ankle function, as well as the degree of limb shortening, and is not based on the amount of fibula present. Non-operative management can include observation, which may also include a shoe lift and or bracing. Operative options include contralateral epiphysiodesis alone, limb lengthening procedure alone, contralateral epiphysiodesis plus a limb lengthening procedure, or a SIME amputation, which is preferred to avoid amputation. A contralateral epiphysiodesis alone is indicated for patients with mild projected limb length discrepancy of less than 5 centimeters or less than 10%, as well as patients with a stable plantigrade foot. A limb lengthening procedure alone is indicated for a plantigrade functional foot with a stable ankle, as well as a limb length discrepancy of less than 10%. The technique involves resection of the fibular on laga to avoid future foot problems. A contralateral epiphysiodesis plus a limb lengthening procedure is indicated for moderate limb length discrepancy, or specifically 10 to 30%. A SIME amputation, again, is preferred to a Boyd amputation, as the Boyd amputation is more bulbous and only about 1 centimeter longer. The indications for a SIME amputation include a non-functional, deformed, unstable foot. Other indications include a limb length discrepancy of greater than 30%, patients that are unable to cope psychologically with multiple limb lengthening procedures, and it's also indicated for cosmesis. As far as the technique, amputations are usually done at approximately one year of age to allow early prosthesis fitting as well as better psychosocial acceptance. As far as the results of SIME amputations, there is an 88% satisfaction with amputation versus 55% satisfaction with limb lengthening. Okay, so now that we've gone over the major points about this topic, let's go over a few questions to apply the information and get a sense of how this topic has been tested on past exams. The first question reads, All the following conditions are associated with the pathology of an absent fibula and an associated foot deformity, except, and the choices are 1. Lateral ray foot deficiency, 2. Femoral shortening with or without proximal femoral focal deficiency, 3. Knee cruciate deficiency, four, congenital vertical talus, and five, developmental dysplasia of the hip. The correct answer to this question is four, congenital vertical talus. So the patient described in the question stem has fibular hemimelia, or more broadly speaking, post-axial hypoplasia of the lower extremity. There are a variety of associated conditions, primarily of the lower extremity. Congenital vertical talus is not one of them. To quickly review, fibular hemimelia is a rare condition, but is the most common long bone deficiency. A myriad of conditions are associated, the most common of which is femoral shortening, occurring in 50% of patients. Other associated conditions include developmental dysplasia of the hip, or DDH, club foot, knee valgus and flexion contracture, cruciate deficiency, knee and ankle instability, ball and socket ankle, as well as tarsal coalition and deficiency of the lateral rays of the foot. A careful assessment of the entire lower extremity is important in such patients. Stevens et al. review fibular hemimelia and present a treatment algorithm use on 20 patients with an emphasis on appropriately indicated and timed interventions with the goal of restoring limb length, achieving joint stability, and neutral mechanical axis. Oberk et al. evaluated 31 patients with fibular hemimelia and surgically treated 24 of them with a variety of procedures including SIMES amputation, limb lengthening, and limb realignment. They concluded that the combination of epiphysiodesis with limb lengthening, when indicated, yielded the best outcome in function and patient satisfaction. 
Moving on to the next question. Congenital fibular deficiency or fibular hemimelia is associated with all of the following except, and the choices are one, absent lateral raise, two, anterior cruciate ligament deficiency, three, quadriceps hypotonia, four, ball and socket ankle, and five, coxivara. The correct answer to this question is three, quadriceps hypotonia. So congenital fibular deficiency or fibular hemimelia is associated with absent lateral raise, anterior cruciate ligament deficiency, ball and socket ankle, and coxivara. It is not associated with quadriceps hypotonia. To quickly review, once again, fibular hemimelia is the most common congenital long bone deficiency and usually involves the entire limb. The classic appearance is a short limb and skin dimpling over the anteromedial tibial bowing. Fibular hemimelia is associated with ankle instability, secondary to a ball and socket ankle, equinovalgus foot deformity, tarsal coalition in 50% of patients, absent lateral raise, femoral abnormalities like proximal femoral focal deficiency or coxivara, anterior and posterior cruciate ligament deficiency, and lateral femoral condyle hypoplasia. Jung et al. reviewed knee abnormalities in a series of patients with fibular hemimelia. Findings included genuvalgum in 6 out of 6 patients, trochlear dysplasia in 5 out of 6 patients, anterior cruciate ligament deficiency in 4 out of 6 patients, and abnormal lateral meniscus in 4 out of 6 patients. They concluded that an unstable hip, knee, or ankle must be addressed prior to any lengthening procedure. Oberk et al. reviewed 31 patients with fibular hemimelia. 24 patients, or 78%, underwent 62 orthopedic procedures, which yields approximately 3 procedures per patient on average. Complications occurred in almost 78% of the patients treated with distraction-based leg lengthening methods. They concluded that Symes or Boyd's amputation should be considered in patients with a non-functional, that is 2-3 toed foot, or more than 50% expected shortening of the lower limb. Moving on to the next question. The AP radiograph of a 7-year-old girl with a congenital limb difference shows fibular hemimelia. This type of limb difference commonly is associated with, and the choices are 1, insufficient medial collateral ligament of the knee, or MCL, 2, insufficient extensor mechanism, 3, absent lateral raise of the foot, and 4, cleft hands. The correct answer to this question is 3, absent lateral raise of the foot. Fibular hemimelia is associated with missing or absent lateral raise slash toes, partial or complete absence of the fibula, and anterior cruciate ligament insufficiency. Tibial hemimelia is associated with insufficient extensor mechanism, club foot deformity, and in some cases, cleft hands. The MCL is not usually involved in this disorder. And moving on to the final question. A 12-month-old boy has right congenital fibular intercalary hemimelia with a normal contralateral limb. A radiograph of the lower extremity shows a limb length discrepancy of 2 centimeters. All of the shortening is in the right tibia. Assuming that no treatment is rendered prior to skeletal maturity, the limb length discrepancy will most likely, and the choices are 1, remain 2 centimeters at maturity, 2, decrease slowly until the limb lengths equalize, 3, increase at a constant rate of 2 centimeters per year, 4, increase markedly because of complete failure of tibial growth, and five increase slowly with the right lower extremity remaining in proportion to the left lower extremity. The correct answer to this question is five increase slowly with the right lower extremity remaining in proportion to the left lower extremity. So many congenital limb deficiencies and bowing deformities result in growth retardation. 
If unilateral, a gradually progressive limb length discrepancy will result. However, the proportional lengths of the lower extremities will remain at a relatively constant ratio. For example, if the right foot is at the level of the left knee at birth, this will still be true at maturity. This concept can be useful for early prediction of limb length discrepancy by using a quote multiplier method as described by Paley and Associates. This method can facilitate early treatment decisions such as the need for amputation without having to wait for serial scanography measurements. That's all for this review of fibular deficiency or anteromedial bowing. Hopefully that was helpful. This is the OrthoBullets podcast, a daily audio review session by OrthoBullets, the free learning and collaboration community for orthopedic surgery education. Keep in mind that these podcasts are designed to go along with the topics on orthobullets.com, and in fact, you can listen to these episodes right on the OrthoBullets website while going through the topic. If you've gotten any value from the podcast so far, please consider leaving us a five-star rating and writing us a review on Apple Podcasts. It will help us spread the word and increase our discoverability tremendously. Thanks so much, and we'll see you all tomorrow.